Hello and welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I'm your host, Sean Needham, and I am missing my wife today. Uh, I am doing an early podcast because I have a flight I've got to catch uh, early, so Janet will not be with me on the podcast today as she usually is on our regular scheduled time at 1230 to 1.30 Pacific Standard Time every Monday. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. So um, check us out there. Um, subscribe, follow, like, so you don't miss any episodes. Um, we also have a brand new Facebook channel dedicated just to our podcast. So Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Uh, look that up on Facebook and follow that so you don't miss any uh, episodes. Today, you do not want to miss out on this one. Uh, we are going to be talking about sex. And if you are uncomfortable with that subject, uh, there are no questions that are off that are off topic um, that we won't necessarily answer. So there might be some uncomfortable questions that come up. Um, please submit your questions, comments. Uh, let us know what you'd like to hear about. Uh, we'll be having Jennifer Carlson on today. She specializes in health and wellness from uh, Phoenix Health and Wellness out of Spokane. And she specializes in hormone balancing and diet, nutrition, all those things to make us help make us healthy. And Sex is something that healthy people do regularly and healthy people have sex regularly and sex makes us healthy. So we're going to be discussing all that without further ado. Jennifer, welcome to our show. Hi, Sean. Thanks for having me. Hello. And before I forget, Janet says hello. Thank you. Hi, Janet. <laughs> I know so, I was looking forward to talking to both of you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So uh, thank you for rescheduling the time. I had a, a, a last minute flight that I had to get out to South Dakota today. So um, so topic of sex, let's talk about um, sex and longevity. You, mm -hmm. I, I, I think that healthy people have sex regularly and sex makes us healthy. Um, I think it's probably as important as water and food. I honestly <laughs> believe that. Um, mm -hmm. So tell us your opinions, Jennifer. So well, first, and, and by the yeah. way, first of all, introduce yourself. Yeah, please. I'll give a little bit of a background first. Yeah. Um, background. Yeah, I've been obviously I'm not a sex therapist, um, not an expert by any stretch of the imagination, but I do feel at times through experience with patients and my over 20 years of nursing experience that um, I'm almost <laughs> kind of serve as that role um, as psychologist for a lot of my patients. I've been a um, doctorally prepared nurse practitioner for the past five years, uh, initially specialized in pain management, and then got very interested in the hormone aspect and got certified in bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. And then I just opened my own business last year. Uh, it'll be a year in May that Phoenix Health and Wellness has been up and running and focusing more on the health and the wellness aspect and hormones and all of that. And so, yes, sex definitely has a, a, a role in all of that. That's why most of the people come to me, maybe not because they're having sex issues, or at least they don't say they are initially, but that ends up being um, probably 90% of the reason most of the people are coming to me. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and so tell us that 90% of those patients, we were talking some numbers um, before the podcast, 90% mm -hmm. of those patients might have some sexual issues going on. Um, but how many of those come into you? And that's the first question they ask, or that's their chief complaint, even though later on you find that out. 
Oh, I'd say maybe only 20%. Exactly. So the important part is, is as healthcare professionals, we've got to be open to the subject and, and it's not taboo. There's, right. the, you know, and we've got to ask the question because a lot of times they won't. You want to elaborate on that? Yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's where I think I come in and it, you know, most providers, they're not going to broach that subject in your regular doctor's office clinic. And most patients or people, even if they're having an issue, they're not going to feel comfortable. I mean, for one, visits are about 10 to 15 minutes. You know, you don't, you don't have time to go in there. You know, you're, you're going in for high blood pressure. You're going in for a wellness check. You don't often get asked that question. Hey, how's your sex life? You know, are you having any issues? Are you having any concerns? And if they do broach it, most of the providers, at least from patient testimonials that I hear is that, you know, like on the guy's end, Hey, I think my testosterone's low. And doctor will be like, oh, no, you're fine. You don't need to have it checked or, or there's 320. Nope, you're normal. That's fine. We don't need to do anything with that. Same with women. You know, I think my hormones are affecting things, you know, and most of the providers are like, well, you know, it's not safe to take this. So we don't want you to do that. You know, just basically, oh, here's an antidepressant. Maybe that'll help, you know, and right. Right. If you're not treating the underlying issue, I mean, it's, you know, you're not having a deficiency in an antidepressant, you have deficiency in hormones, um, you know. Well, and on that same subject, when, you know, and I, I say this often, if if a patient goes into a doctor's office and they are told, you know, they're in their 50s, 60s, doesn't matter what age they are, mm-hmm. and they are told, well, it's just part of the natural aging process that sex is as important as we age, go somewhere else leave. I mean, immediately, immediately leave because sex is just as important, maybe more important as we age. There's a lot of things as we age that are less distractions than they were when we were younger. Usually Mm -hmm. our finances are better. There's not kids. If you're empty nesters, depending on your age, there's not kids as a distraction anymore. I'm personally saying this about, about mine and my wife's sex life. You know, when our kids became older and then when they, when we became empty nesters, you know, and even Janet went through menopause and, and we got her on hormones. I mean, our sex life has become better than it ever has. Cause we have, there's just so many, we don't work as hard as we used to. I mean, we do, but it's different, you know? Um, so if you're, if you're, if you're not thriving sexually as you age, there's a problem in my opinion. Mm-hmm. No, I think it should only get better quite honestly. I mean, Absolutely. once you have those stresses and new jobs and buying houses and the kids are young and interrupting and different things as, as, as right. they're older, you know, it, it, it's definitely better. I mean, humans are wired to crave the intimacy of sex, um, you know, and marriage requires that intimacy and closeness as far as, you know, being able to talk about your desires and wants. I mean, it, it's just important, you know, to, well, for any successful marriage. I mean, there's, we can get into it a little bit more in detail too, but, you know, I mean, people will ask, well, I think our marriage is great, but I'm not having sex all the time, you know, maybe four months will go by and it's like, okay, is it fine for both of you? You know, are, are you truly happy or are you telling yourself you're happy? I mean, if, if you could have an orgasm every day, would, wouldn't that feel a little bit better? And of course, you know, a little bit of uh, stress and anxiety and 
improve depression and all of those things. So. Yeah. So I got I, I like streaming our comments. You might know this person. Do you know this person? Um, I'm not seeing comments. Oh, 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 oh you don't see Celeste. Oh, oh there I see him. Okay. Oh, did you see him? Yes. All right. do, do you know her? Yes, I do. Because she's a fan of ours or yours at least. So yeah. thanks, thanks for watching, Celeste. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree. And, and, and with the marriage and intimacy thing, um, sex thing, um, it's what makes us different. It's what sets us apart. Mm -hmm. I mean, other than just being friends. I mean, if you're not having regular sex and what are you just friends? And I'm not saying you shouldn't be friends with your spouse, but it should be way more than friends. And there should be regular, regular in intimacy. And mm -hmm. let's discuss Jennifer. What is regular? You mentioned every four months. Mm -hmm. um, is that okay? <laughs> I think it is to <clears throat> what's okay is what's okay for each couple, you know, and if you're satisfied with, Oh, I'm losing my voice. Sorry. <laughs> if both partners are satisfied with their relationship and by that meaning they're happy, they're content, you know, maybe they're intimate in other ways, maybe they just cuddle and that's, that's the closeness that they're getting and and, that, and that's fine with both of them, then yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong yeah. with that. I mean, I'm not saying, oh my gosh, if you're not having sex, you don't have a good marriage. It's just, hey, having more can really improve it pretty significantly. Well, and, and that's not, I mean, I've seen that just in the last year of my own marriage. <laughs> so. Right. Okay. Um, so, and those things are important and the, and the cuddling and the, the intimacy part that might not necessarily qualify as actual sex um, are important, but let's do talk about some of the things when we actually have sex and actually have an orgasm. Let's talk about some of the things that happen during that time. Um, I hope I'm not putting you on the spot, um, but let's talk about some of the neurotransmitters that are released and, and all the benefits that happens um, when um, with, with an orgasm. But it's, let me just tell you, it's, probably better than any drug ever invented. <laughs> so go ahead and elaborate on that. Well, that was down on where I was going to talk about it, but sure. I mean, we've got, you know, the endorphins, we've got um, serotonin that gets released. So obviously it's nature's antidepressant. Um, the endorphins are those feel-good hormones. There's oxytocin, you know, that same hormone that women secrete when they're breastfeeding and that sense of closeness, which... Yep. That's where you get the intimacy portion from with all of these, uh, you know, increased blood flow, circulation. Um, I can go through, kind of was curious. So I did a lot of um, research here just recently on, you know, what what are the benefits of more sex? And, and like you said, how often, and we can kind of go back to that as far as, um, you know, what is regular for most people. And, I, you know, what I found on most of the Google searches and everything was that, you know, on average, once a week is actually average, which is 52 times a year. Um, that's probably for more like 40 to 50-year-olds. 20-year-olds um, are 80 times a year. So they're, you know, a couple times a week. 60-year-olds uh, and over are 20 times a year. Um, those were the average. So you can see how... <laughs> it takes as people get older and, and most people feel like that is normal. They're like, well, I'm aging. We've been married a long time. It's, it's normal not to have sex as often. 
Um, and I'd well, like I can to tell you that, that that shouldn't be normal. Right. And again, everybody's normal is different. Um, but I will tell you when you get healthier and my wife and I have both been in situations where we were both overweight and not in the best mm -hmm. health. And believe me, our sex life was not as good then. Um, as you get healthier, you can have more sex and mm -hmm. erectile dysfunction for men. And I'm sure sexual dysfunction for women can correlate to their general health. Um, you know, definitely if you have hypertension, high blood pressure, um, which being overweight can do that, you don't, you know, you're not going to get as good a blood flow. And so you can have erectile dysfunction and, and women can, um, you know, definitely be anorgasmic or have a harder time orgasming. Um, but also as we get healthier ourselves, mm -hmm. and that's why it's important to have your hormones balanced and have somebody talk to somebody like you that, you know, has been there, done that, walks the walk, talks the talk about diet, nutrition, exercise, um, as we feel better about our bodies, I mean, let's just face it. We feel mm -hmm. better about, you know, wanting to be intimate with our partner. And I mm -hmm. think I've seen personally, you know, where people say, well, we actually have birthday sex. You're married. We actually have birthday sex. We have sex mm -hmm. once a year. Yeah. And it's like, wow. I mean, that in my opinion is, you know, I, I get it. Everybody's normal is different, mm -hmm. but that's not healthy. I don't think that's healthy I don't think for, for a marriage and for your health in general. Um, and I will say that in general, a lot of the people that do say that are not healthy, physically healthy themselves. Right. And I think probably it could be a psychological issue where it's like, you know, I don't want my partner to see me naked or whatever. Um, and so getting in general healthy is going to have you make your healthier sex life. And I will say this talking about average normal, you said 50, after you're 50 years old, it's once a week. So mm -hmm. my wife is 55 years old and the best physical condition of her life, right. she would not accept sex once a week. There is no <laughs> way. I mean, if it's not daily, she's upset. <laughs> not upset. That's, the wrong, yes. that's the wrong term. But we have a very healthy sex life. It's as healthy as we were in our 20s and we were very mm -hmm. sexually active in our 20s. Um, so anybody that says that after 50, you 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 know, sex isn't, isn't as frequent as as good. Mm -hmm. That's completely a lie. Right. And I, I hear that so often from some of my patients, um, friends, different, different people that, you know, now that they're on the hormones and the kids are older and all of that, they're having the best sex of their lives. They're, they're closer. They absolutely, they love their partner even more now than they did 20 years ago. And, it's amazing. And I think it is because a, you're, you're very comfortable with that person. So, I mean, anything goes, you know, it's right. like, <laughs> you know, bodily functions, whatever, you know, it's, yeah. it's yeah. fine. It's not I mean, you've, seen, you've, you've raised kids together. You've seen them have babies. You've seen it all, <laughs> yep. Yep. you know, and it's, and you've seen each other at different stages, you know, the, the heavy stages, the really good shape stages, not so much, you know, all of, all of the in-betweens and you still love each other. You know, I, I had a conversation with Chad the other day, um, just kind of in preparation for this. It was like, so just for listeners and viewers, Chad is Jennifer's husband. I, I was like, okay, was there any difference because I myself have gone through a journey over the past year where I've gotten in better shape and really fine-tuned diet and exercise and different things. So still not right where I want to be yet, but I do feel a lot better about myself. And I know that, you know, the brain is the biggest sex organ there is, especially with women. Um, 
Oh, I would say men too. <laughs> you know, as far as not wanting to be intimate because I didn't feel good about myself or, you know, yeah. that sort of thing. And like, did you feel any different about me the way I looked a year ago versus the way I look now? And he's like, no, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter. He's like, what, what matters you? is that I know that you are getting enjoyment out of it, yeah. you know? So, so when there's couples that, and I've been there, you know, we, we all probably have at some point where you feel bad that you're not having more sex. And so you have sex because you know that they want sex, but you're not really in the mood for it and you do it anyways. And sometimes that is okay, you know, because you'll get into the mood, things will be like, okay, this is all right. And then sometimes it's not, you know, especially people with sexual dysfunction, the hormones and different things like that. It hurts. It's dry. It's, you know, your libido's just not there. You can't orgasm. Different things like that all come into play. But as long as you're both enjoying each other, even if, you know, we had the conversation a little bit, do you have to orgasm? I don't know. You know, it's, I think as long as you're enjoying it and the other person is enjoying it and you're close and you're happy, no, it's fine. Obviously, it well, feels better when you do. But. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, let, let, let's elaborate on that. So I think um, we have to define what sex is sometimes because sex, mm-hmm. I think, traditionally has always been defined with, with you know, at least the man orgasms. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it goes both ways. Sometimes the man will think, well, if the, it, it, you know, if if my partner doesn't orgasm, then that means she doesn't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it really goes this way. If, you know, women really get in their head that like if the man doesn't orgasm, that means he doesn't enjoy it. And I think that's why it's important to have an honest and open conversation with your partner about what, what it does constitute. And sometimes right. just because you don't orgasm, um, whether it be male or female, doesn't mean you didn't enjoy it. And, and you need to talk to your partner openly about that, right? Well, and I think that's the whole point of intimacy. It's you've been married and you're having this intimacy together, whether it's sex or just the cuddling and everything else that goes along with it, making one of you feel better, a massage, you know, different things like that, talking. Um, the more you do that, the more you're open to having open discussions, you know, about anything and everything. And hey, you know, <laughs> are you unable to or no, no, I'm doing fine. Yeah. I know you know, <laughs> right. you know, whatever you need to talk about. But I mean that's that's the beauty of an open relationship or open conversation. So speaking of open conversation, um Rochelle Monger, do you know her, Jennifer? Yes, I do. Okay. Having an open, honest conversation is really good mentally and physically, like you talked about. Mm -hmm. Thanks for sharing that, Jennifer, about mentally, the women really need to get in their head um, when balanced out is for sure the recipe for so many things in the life relationship. Mm -hmm. And I just, on the mental thing with women, I just got to, you know, this is why it's important for a man to confirm, you know, be honest and open and and confirm their spouse. And, um, you know, I got to say, I mean, if you've been married a long time and obviously you got married, you're, you know, your husband was attracted to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so when women get in their head that they're not, I mean, they don't understand that usually when their husband just gets a chance to see him naked. I mean, <laughs> that's 
I mean, seriously. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and, you know, I can tell you times in our lives where, you know, I mean, where we couldn't, you know, run around the house naked because we had kids around. Mm-hmm. It was just any kind of time I could see my wife naked was kind of nice, right? <laughs> and so, you know, so even if she was thinking in her head that it's like, oh, well, he doesn't want to see me naked. It's like, that's just totally not true. And it's important as the husband to let them know. It's like, no, yeah, I get it. You, you've had two kids. Um, you, you've had two kids, but believe me, honey, I am still super attracted to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and I think that's the hard thing for women, you know, just being so mentally critical of ourselves, you know, over so many different things. And I mean, and men are pretty simple creatures. I mean, no offense. Yes, yes. Basically, if they get the chance to have sex, it doesn't really matter. And Celeste says this, true, naked is always a winner. Well, let me tell you, I mean, if, 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 if you women want to turn your husbands on, I mean, all you got to do is just be naked. I mean, come and surprise him. And it's like, whoa, what was that? I mean, and believe me, you will be surprised how much that will turn your husband on. Um, And so, and it it does go both ways and he's going to probably respond to that. Um, And then, and then that just is a way to even grow your intimacy even closer. Cause then that's just a, a, a form of foreplay. And that's one thing. You know, you're saying kind of going through the motions with sex um, earlier. And, and there are times that you probably have to do that possibly. But, you know, if you do do these things like go naked, um, then that is going to just make that build up even better. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's another thing, too. The um, I think one of the best words of advice that I ever got, and this was oh, probably 15 years ago, um, was from a, another coworker of mine. She'd been married, I think 35 years or something. She was an older, older nurse that I worked with. And I asked her, what's, what's the secret? You know, what's the secret to a good marriage? Cause I mean, she just, every time she would talk about her husband and everything, I mean, it was just I don't know, rainbows and sunshine. You yeah, know? Right. And I wasn't in that place in my marriage at the time. You know? So I was like, well, how do you how do you do this? You know, and she said, Saturday morning sex. She said, We have it scheduled. My kids know that the door doesn't open. They don't bug us until we come out of the door on Saturday morning. And they grew up that way since the time that they were little kids. And they just so they knew at least once a week they were intimate. She said, sometimes they didn't even actually have sex. They just laid in bed and talked and cuddled and did different things, you know, cause life gets in the way sometimes. Yeah, or, yeah, or, exactly. Right. Or you throw your back out or, you know, whatever, but <laughs> so that, that was probably the best advice. And it was funny because when I was reading at, um, there was a psychology, um, site that I saw as far as, Hey, it, that's what they recommended too, is scheduling sex at least once a week and because if you're not scheduling it you're more likely not to do it right and um speaking of that there is a i'm going to put a plug in so jan and i used to follow a podcast and when we were kind of struggling in our marriage and you know it was a time in our lives where we were going through transition our kids were getting older but um you know they're still in our house and you know our, our lives were about ready to change and we started watching this uh, podcast, One Extraordinary Marriage. Mm-hmm. And um, 
they've got lots of tools. They talk very openly about sex, kind of like we do. And one thing that they that um, they recommend is they recommend scheduling sex, and mm-hmm. the man will schedule it one day a week or whatever, and and then the uh, woman will schedule it one day a week, and and on those days, it's like okay, well, our, my day's Tuesday. It's like you can't, so you can't say no. And th- those are part of the rules you lay down. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes they'll tell stories of, you know, we were busy with our kids and we're traveling here and there and it's 1159 and it's like, okay, this is our day. We, we have to do it like right now, wherever we're at, just do it and then check it off the box. And, and I get it because, yeah. you know, um, sometimes, like you say, if things don't get scheduled, it don't get, it doesn't get done. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say this too. Once you get into the habit of scheduling something, is that then you don't have to schedule anymore. It just gets routine. It's kind of like, no, it's just like working out. I, I was just going to say, just like exercise. I'm horrible with working out and I really struggle with motivation and getting out there. It took Chad for years. He never wanted to work out with me. He just thought that it would just not work out well at all. And, um, we decided, okay, no, we're going to work out every morning. It was the otherwise I wouldn't get it done, you know? And so we work out every morning together. We get up at four 40 in the morning and whether we like it or not, and it's not always lifting weights. Sometimes it's just cardio and stretching and different things like that, but we get up every morning together. And that has added to our closeness as well, you know, just as with sex, everything kind of starts to, happen then rather than having to schedule it it's just no we get up we do that and you know (laughs) yeah lots of times the the, benefit of working out um you know leads to intimacy in other ways too well and i will tell you from personally working out with my wife um is that i mean not only is it it, it, it's kind of maybe it's not intimate but it's definitely it's physical i mean you get to see your wife Mm-hmm. You know, usually in, you know, let, you know, pretty, pretty, not a lot of clothes mm-hmm. and you get to see her being physical. I mean, talk about floor plan itself, um, you know, um, and I will tell you wives, if you ever are working out with your husband mm-hmm. and you just happen to flash them, that is just, that's really, really good foreplay. <laughs> Can, it can be distracting, and I don't like being distracted during my workouts, but I will take that one. That's for sure. <laughs> um, so so anyway, and, and I, you know, I wanted to be really open about my personal life, and, and Janet knows that I share it because we have a very, you know, we're very active people in general, physically and, and mentally, um, but also sexually. And I think it's in, and we, we, we don't see that changing anytime soon. In fact, only getting better. And um, I'm 52, Janet is 55. And, you know, we, we attribute that to, you know, just diet, exercise, hormones, staying healthy and sex helps us keep us healthy. I mean, Mm I, I, you know, if you have good regular sex, whatever regular is defined, um, you kind of want to stay healthy. I mean, right? Mm-hmm. So elaborate no, on I that. Mean, and, and there's benefits to it, too. I mean, you can look at it as a way of getting healthy, um, you know. So, I mean, I, 
one of the things that I came across was according to the American Heart Association, sexual activity is equivalent to moderate physical activities such as brisk walking or climbing two flights of stairs. There you go. <laughs> you know, you can lose up to 200 calories, you know, with a vigorous session. So, right, right. you know, you've got the, the motion of just having intercourse and sex can tone abdominal and pelvic muscles, you know, hips, thighs, calves, torso. Um, so for women can improve bladder control. For men, it can improve overall performance. The, I mean, the penis is a muscle as well. So, you know, you don't use it, you lose it just as yep. your biceps or, you know, <laughs> calves. That's right. I was going to hit on that earlier is about, um, you know, also the importance of regular sex is that, you know, many, many men experience erectile dysfunction. It can be due to um, health issues in general, mm -hmm. uh, which they can reverse. But right. also, like you say, if you don't use it, you lose it. I mean, you know, the penis requires blood flow to get an erection. And if you're not doing that regularly, then it's, it, it, it it's going to be more difficult over time to do that. So well, and the same with women, you know, if you're not using, you're not getting the blood flow into the vagina and you're, not getting the moisture, you know, you're during intercourse, you're releasing all of these hormones, you know, you're producing the testosterone, you're, you're releasing DHEA, you're, you know, all of these things that are beneficial. Um, if you're not having sex, you're not releasing those. as much. Right. So you mentioned vaginal dryness earlier and, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, it's just a, one of the things is, is as, as, as women do, um, age and they stop producing hormones, vaginal dryness, which can cause um, painful intercourse mm -hmm. is definitely an issue. So tell us about how you talk to women about that. Um, so yeah, I mean, depends on where they are in their life. Obviously menopausal stages, you know, a lot of women have had hysterectomies maybe early on, didn't realize they needed the hormones or were told that they shouldn't have hormones or were only on hormones for five years, you know, shortest period of time. And now they're in their sixties and feel miserable. Um, so we discussed different options, you know, as far as um, hormone replacement, you know, some women are very hesitant to look at the estrogen, um, which can benefit and help with the vaginal dryness pretty significantly, mood, night, you know, hot flashes, different things like that, as well as the progesterone. But the testosterone, no matter what you do, I guess I should back up, you can improve the lubrication, but you don't improve the libido um, with estrogen alone. So testosterone becomes the most essential. And, and most women don't realize that they need testosterone just as much as a man does. And we lose it pretty significantly with perimenopause, menopause. Um, and that's where that lack of desire, you know, um, starts kind of coming in, <laughs> you know, the, the inability to have an orgasm, the, the clitoral sensitivity, different things like that are typically due to that drop in testosterone level. Testosterone is a game changer for women. I mean, it is for men too, but I think it's um, underutilized in women because we typically associate testosterone with men. But like you say, women uh, make testosterone also, just not as much as men. And um, yes, locally applied vaginally, mm -hmm. um, it's it has huge vaginal benefits. Like you said, um, clitoral changes, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, that can help for orgasms. 
um, um, lubrication in the vagina. It, it does convert into estrogen, so it will help okay. lubricate the vagina. Okay. But also, it's absorbed systemically very well vaginally, um, which will, you know, help increase libido, help mm -hmm. increase mood, help increase lean body mass production, help mm -hmm. increase fat production, help decrease fat build around the middle, help uh, decrease cholesterol levels, um, mm -hmm. decrease. Decrease cardiovascular events. I mean, it is just Through insulin sensitivity, yeah. I, right? Bone density. Um, there is not a better there is not a better drug ever invented for bone density than testosterone. Yes, it's better than estrogen. Um, so I can't stress enough: women watching or men watching, um, testosterone is so important for women. Make sure your spouse finds a um healthcare provider that knows how to balance hormones and specifically testosterone in women game changer it it definitely is i know i had a i had a younger patient when i say younger that she was in her 30s um come to me and she was one of the ones specifically came because she wanted to improve her libido she felt bad she's like i i just never want to. And she's like, I love my husband. And, you know, I just always feel bad because I just, I never really want to, and I don't really get much out of it. And he feels bad. And so, you know, what can we do? And so we tried the testosterone for her and she came in for her three month follow-up and she was just like, I am absolutely blown away. She said, I didn't know that people were supposed to feel like this. She said, is this how, I mean, she's like, even in my twenties, I didn't feel like this. <laughs> she goes, this is amazing. Yeah. And she said, oh, we're so close and, you know, I'm enjoying things and I, I want to, I, I'm initiating things, you know, I mean, it was just, she was blown away that that was how she should feel or, you know, yeah. that you should feel, but I mean that you could feel that way. Yeah. I mean, it's a, that's a great story. We, and, and you and I, in our practices, we hear that stuff all the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, Here's what I, you know, usually it's a, women that are a little bit older or men. And, you know, usually we see men, women in their late 40s, early 50s, and they come in and, you know, they have the symptoms of vaginal dryness, maybe some hot flashes, decreased libido. Sex is either painful or they just don't feel like having sex. And one of the things that I'll tell the women is after we, you know, get them, get their, you know, even on their first, you know, when they're first getting their prescriptions, it's like, okay, so you're, this is going to be life-changing for you. Um, you know, in eight to 12 weeks, you're going to be a different person. And then I, I, and I asked them this, I'm like, so, um, how is your husband? Mm -hmm. And, you know, then I'll start asking the questions. Does your husband, you know, does he, does he feel like having sex? Does he have erectile dysfunction? Oh no, we don't have regular sex. He doesn't feel like having sex. You know, he's kind of not motivated, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, you need to be have him be ready because in about mm -hmm. eight to 12 weeks, you're going to be ready. So, you know, be prepared. Yep. Um, and he might need to hormone and he probably does need hormone balancing too. So mm -hmm. I, I, it's not really a warning. It's a good thing, but I tell him, it's like, you know, have, your husband needs to be prepared. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you hear stories like that all the time, correct? Yeah, I do. And I, I, I sometimes hesitate <laughs> Not not hesitate, but I, I talk to the men that come to me with issues because um, I'm like, okay, if, if we get you feeling really, really good, your wife not, might not be, you know, on right. the same page. And so <laughs> she may need to come to me too. And, it, you know, some of them are like, oh, no, no, she's always 
this this is why I'm coming in because we're having issues and you know she she wants this more than me and usually it doesn't happen that way you know because for the what did I say I think um women after 50 or women after menopause 44% of them have some sort of sexual dysfunction which means you know whether it's vaginal dryness or thinning or you know pain with intercourse anything like that that's that's a huge amount of women that are that's a lot right not enjoying sex <laughs> you know so let's talk about um, what are some some things that are libido killers um, you talked about the younger when you talked about the 30 year old that and you put on mm-hmm. testosterone and um, I, I think of when I, when I hear a 30 year old and she doesn't have good libido, mm-hmm. um, one of the common things I see is they're on birth control pills. Yep. Can you discuss yep. that? Yeah. So, um, issues impacting basically the healthy sexual lifestyle age, typically on the older spectrum, you know, andropause, menopause, the hormones, decreasing levels of testosterone, DHEA, estradiol. Um, also I'd like to add in vitamin D, um, because vitamin D deficiency, I find um, usually it's hand in hand with testosterone uh-huh. deficiency as well. Um, the sexual dysfunction, um, which can either be just from menopause itself, or we've got excess weight, um, you know, obesity or overweight, uh, insulin resistance, um, stress, trauma. Uh, you know, a whole bunch of different things can impact um, how you feel, basically. And, um, you know, some med- from a pharmacy standpoint, medications. Medications, uh, yeah. yeah. So, birth, yeah. Birth SSRIs, SNRIs, Yes, which are an- SSRIs or antidepressants. And it's kind of a, it's kind of a little bit of a catch-22 because you'll see women or men that have, you know, some sexual dysfunction going on mm-hmm. and they'll go into a doctor's office or 50 years old and they're like, Oh, well, you know, you're just depressed. So they'll give you an antidepressant mm-hmm. and it makes your sexual function worse. Yep. You know, and we see that all the time, right, Jennifer? Yeah. Well, even like metformin, which I mean, there's some good benefits to metformin, maybe not so much that we're seeing in, you know, more recent years, you know, it used to be kind of the go-to to help reduce the type two diabetes and all of that, but that tanks your testosterone like almost 50%, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it can. It mm-hmm. can. I'm, I'm not a big proponent of of using any drug for type 2 diabetes long no, term. I'm not either. I'm, I usually go the whole diet and exercise. Changes, so. You know, it's a carbohydrate metabolism problem. Mm-hmm. You and, and even if some people say, well, I'm not overweight and some people have type 2 diabetes and are not overweight. Okay, then don't eat carbs. Don't eat carbs. Your insulin, your insulin levels will go down. I guarantee it. If you don't believe that, it's a whole other subject. But if you don't believe type two diabetes is reversible, fast for twenty four to forty eight hours. I guarantee your blood sugar will be normal. Exactly, guaranteed. <laughs> and that's just a reminder that it is diet related. So, <laughs> and diabetes is a huge problem when it comes to sexual dysfunction. Definitely. Uh, let's see. Where was I going to go? Um, also, opioids. And just even oh, yeah. blockers for acid reflux. Think how many people are on those. Um, chemotherapy, you know, cancer treatments. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> what, what about alcohol? We, we often associate alcohol with sex, but mm-hmm. I want to hear what your opinion is on this. So I recently got a Garmin <laughs> and it is amazing to see 
the sleep score is so it does a sleep score so you can kind of see how you sleep at night um mm-hmm. during the week we eat clean i mean clean clean you know high protein um very little carbs um you know not quite carnivore but more carnivore kind of yeah, I get it, right um during the weekend we let ourselves slip. So, you know, we'll have our wine or um, popcorn and some carbs. Like we had burgers and whatnot this weekend. My sleep score last night, because we had wine with our nice steak (laughs) was 31. I didn't get any REM sleep. Um, And what's, what's your normal? Make it relative. 83. Wow. So yeah. Yeah. And almost two, two hours of REM and two hours of deep sleep. And you know, it's anytime I drink alcohol, boom, it's, it's, I'm awake more often. The movement is a lot more, the sleep score goes down. It's just been, I mean, I always knew it, you know, I sweat after I have wine or whatever at night, but I never really realized how much it impacted the sleep. And obviously if you're not sleeping good, everything else goes in the tank, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I, you know, we often are taught that you know, alcohol helps people sleep and it is a CNS depressant. So mm-hmm. it will put you to sleep initially. Yeah. yeah. But four hours later, mm-hmm. it screws your sleep up. Yeah. My uh, deep sleep last night was right after I went to bed and it lasted, I think, not quite an hour. Um, yeah. And then I didn't have any other episodes of deep sleep and no REM. And I was up and I think I was awake like right. six different times. Right. <laughs> And and directly when it comes to um, se- when it comes to um, sex, alcohol can um, cause erectile dysfunction. Mm-hmm. It can ca- cause an orgasm, so mm-hmm. it'll make it hard to orgasm for men and women. Mm-hmm. Um, I should say for for women and men. Uh, and if you're not sleeping appropriately, like you say, right. um, nothing gets better. Yeah. I mean, it can, it can release some inhibitions, but it can actually dry, you know, vaginal dryness and things like that. Right. Right. Well, and here's one of the things we got a a comment from Steve Goldring. You probably have heard of him. He's from, he's at the conferences, Um, hormone guru, pharmacist. Uh, Thanks for commenting, Steve. And yeah, struggle with sleep and alcohol makes it worse. And we, we think it makes it better, but, and, and some people think that partly because they need to be relaxed in order to sometimes feel comfortable to have sex. Right. And so they think it makes it better. But I will tell you, people that think alcohol makes their sleep better, makes their sex better, they've never done it without it. Because I will just, I challenge listeners and viewers that if if you go without it, it will be better. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. So Jennifer, as we uh, wind this podcast up, um, what, what are some parting words you would like to, like to uh, end with? So I guess the the biggest thing that I'd like to part is that, you know, an active sex life is possible at any age. Uh, it doesn't have to be an inevitable part of aging um, and the menopause and the andropause. You know, there there's no reason why we can't enjoy a healthy sex life well into our 70s, 80s and 90s. Um, we just might have to reframe what it looks like. You know, you might not be able to physically um, have sex three times a day on a Saturday. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> um, Although maybe you will. <laughs> maybe, maybe, you know, there's, there's different ways around it, but it, I guess it just, it just changes, you know, as we age. And I mean, the most important thing 
for people to understand is it's important to invest in yourself and in your relationship. Um, you know, imp improve your health, have, set a goal. What do you want to do in 10 years? You know, do you want to be able to go hiking? Do you want to just be able to climb some stairs? Do you want to be able to have sex three times a week? Do you want, you know, what, yeah. what do you want and set a goal and, and what is it going to take to get you there? You know, eating better. Um, you know, if you just want to be around for your grandkids and be able to get down on the floor and play with them and be able to get back up again without somebody helping you, um, you know, improving the diet, eating single ingredient foods, increasing protein intake, you know, our nation, we don't eat enough protein. Um, exercise regularly, get good sleep, limit the alcohol, um, have sex. <laughs> yeah, right. Optimize hormone levels. You know, I mean, that's that's one easy, surefire way. Not that I'm trying to promote that, but I mean, obviously, that's why we're here too. <laughs> but the hormones make such a difference. And I guess, you know, when I was learning and going through the education to become a nurse practitioner, you know, they, they kind of frown on you sharing personal experience with your patients. Um, and I find that most people, at least in the wellness aspect and the hormone aspect, like it when you've been through similar issues. Right. You know, I, I've, I have endometriosis. I had the Lupron shots that put me into menopause. Um, I had painful issues, you know, it, it hurt. I didn't like it. Um, you know, until I went on the hormones and reversed things, it wasn't fun. I was one of those people that we probably didn't have sex maybe every three to four months. And it's embarrassing to look back at now, you know, and we see how far we've come yeah. you know, for different things, but it's like, because I can relate and understand and I'm on the hormones and I know side effects, what to expect. Um, I think people feel like they can talk to me and are comfortable. I know the questions to ask. So they're like, oh, okay, yeah, this is an issue. You know, I mean, one of the first questions I ask men are, do you wake every morning with a morning erection? And most of them are like, oh, no, haven't done that for quite a few years, you know? And it's like, okay, then you're probably low on testosterone. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's a problem. And, and it can be fixed. Mm-hmm. You know, women, do you, do you have, are you losing your hair? You know, do you not have any more pubic hair? Do you don't have to shave as much? Have you lost your clitoris? You know, that's usually an indication that those hormones aren't there anymore. And if we replaced those, you'd feel a lot better and you'd enjoy things a lot more too. Yeah, for sure. So back, back up on, you said in your nineties, I got to share um, mm -hmm. a story, a, a patient story. And he is an 89 year old patient and um, he, he's still alive. He, he must be in his mid nineties now. And he was on testosterone. And when he was 89 and he was just, he was actually a, a doctor also. And he'd, he'd been retired for quite a while, but, and he was just one of those guys, you know, my, my grandma used to always say, I can't wait to get old. And this was like when she was in her fifties, because you can say anything you want, and you don't get in trouble for it, right? Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, he was an eighty-nine-year-old man that could just say anything, and he did. And um, anyway, he came in. He goes, "Oh yeah, no. Um, if I don't have regular sex, he said, put a bullet in my brain." His words, not not mine. Mm -hmm. It was that it was that important to him and his partner. 
Um, and and I, I just remind people of that because mm -hmm. it is, and I said it early on, I think in some ways it is as important as food and water. Yeah, you know, I think to, so too. To, to a lot of people, especially. Yeah, I had a little lady that I um, met uh, last week and we were just having a conversation, you know, and talking about marriage. And I was like, hey, do you... <laughs> I said, this might be kind of odd. Do you mind if I ask a personal question? She says, well, I'll probably answer it. That's okay. And I said, well, you don't have to. And I said, because she was in her 80s. And I said, are you still intimate with your husband? And she goes, well, no, unfortunately, we're not. And she said, but if we could be, we would be. Um, he had had a series of bad prostate surgeries 15 years ago and, yeah. you know, issues and whatnot. And so I was talking, oh, well, have you looked at penile implants? And we were just, you know, the, the conversation kind of went off track and she was just, oh, I didn't know that existed. And oh, no, send me some information. And I mean, it was just kind of, okay, we're having this conversation, but it was just, it was fun. It was neat. It was like, no, if they could, you yeah. know. Obviously, and that's intimate in other ways and whatnot. But she, she's like, no. She said he, he, he's tried to help me out, and she's like, I just feel guilty because he can't. So I, it's just better if we both don't. So. And that's why it's important for um, for us as healthcare professionals to ask those questions, so mm -hmm. those people can be can be open and honest with us. Because a lot of times, it's the first time they're able to. Many times. Yeah. No, yeah. she was. She's like, oh, I love being able to talk about this. And she's in her eighties. That's awesome. Yeah. I love. And I, I, I've got. There's a story a couple weeks ago, months ago, actually, and this guy called me, and he was having some um, issues with his testosterone. He just had some questions, and I, you know, so I asked him the leading questions, like, "Well, how's your sex life?" He goes, "Oh, it's great. It's better than it's ever been." And his wife, they're in their seventies. And um, his wife's in the background and said, T tell him, tell him we don't want to stop what we're doing. You know, we're not going to stop that, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I mean, it's cool to hear this from 70 year olds. I mean, his wife is yelling. I was like, no, we are not going to stop having sex. I mean, that is not what we're talking about. That's yeah. just cool to hear. And it's a reminder that we can have healthy, regular sex well into our 70s and 80s. Um, one of the things that I didn't talk about as far as, I mean, obviously we talked about some of the benefits of regular sex, the aspect of positive cardiac benefits. So I wanted to put the caveat in there that, okay, regular sex can lower blood pressure. Um, I found a study that said sex at least three times a week lowers the chance of having a heart attack or stroke by 50%. Uh, that being said, infrequent sex can strain your heart. So if you're one of those people that you're only having it on birthdays or, you know, every few months, you might have more of a chance for having a heart attack because of the strain on your heart than if you were having regular sex. Um, so I thought that was just something to kind of. But it's interesting. And I, I, I'm going to comment on that. I, I think it's a little bit, is it, is it a chicken or the egg thing? You know, is it that some people don't have regular sex because they, and these same people are at risk for cardiac disease. And so they, they've already got maybe erectile dysfunction or they're not healthy already. So that's why, or is it also that sex also regular sex keeps us healthy? I think it's a little bit of both. Honestly. I think so too. Yeah. I, know, I would agree um, there. Yeah. Um, I found a couple other funny studies that we didn't get into, but 
there was a 2016 study that showed men who had more ejaculations, like four to five times a week, were less likely to develop prostate cancer than men who had four to five per month. Um, daily sex can take seven years off your face, <laughs> improve skin yeah. elasticity, and it can prolong life expectancy, longevity. It said people who climax three times a week had a 50% reduced chance of dying for any medical reason in one study that I read. <laughs> And I, and I think, again, it's just an indicator that if you're healthy, you have regular sex, mm-hmm. you know, it's just another indicator. And, 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 it and regular healthy. sex can keep us healthy. And exactly. Exactly. And we really we really shouldn't be surprised if we look at it from from, you know, a biological standpoint. I mean, you know, sex as reproduction, um, which is as humans, it's much more than that. But um you know, if you're able to reproduce, it, it means that you're healthy. That's one thing that it means or your your genes won't get passed on. So we really shouldn't be surprised that, you know, healthy people have sex and sex keeps us, keeps us healthy. Mm-hmm. So, Jennifer, as we wrap this podcast up, what do you have a passion for? My passion is seeing people in their follow up appointments telling me that, oh, my gosh, I feel amazing. Thank you so much. <laughs> you know, just everything's great. I feel like I'm 20 again, or just, just that smile on their face when they come back and they're like, holy cow, or thank you for saving my marriage. You know, this, I I treat a couple of couples, you know, and they usually have meetings with me um, together, you know, kind of separate appointments, but they're usually both on the (laughs) podcast. Like everything is just amazing. Thank you so much. You know, and it's, it's just, a pleasure to see that and to be a part of letting people feel good and improving their lives. Yeah, it really is. I will tell you, it is very rewarding. It's one of the reasons that my wife and I love um, taking care of hormone replacements or people's hormones so much because um, you just see the benefits of it. You see, you, you change people's lives. And I will tell you that when we were doing regular traditional pharmacy stuff, um, that just wasn't happening. I mean, you know, people don't come in and say, oh, I'm so glad that you, you know, you dispensed that statin for me so you can lower my cholesterol, or I'm so glad you gave me that blood pressure medication so it'll lower my blood pressure. But, you know, when you change people's lives, either sexually and physically and mentally, mm-hmm. um, because of hormone replacement, it is very, very rewarding. Yeah. So, Jennifer, tell us how we can get a hold of you. Um, I think you have my website there. So that's probably the best way um, under the others tab on the Phoenix Health website is a portal registration um, as well as an appointment tab to schedule an appointment. You can always call my phone numbers on there. there my email's on there too, if you have specific questions prior to an appointment as well. Awesome. Awesome. So what is your website? Phoenix Health and Wellness Spokane.com. Yes, it's a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I just Google it and it comes up. So yeah. um, it, it's pretty easy. Uh, well, thank you, Jen. Oh, and I did want to say too, um, for it's, people that are listening, I am licensed in Montana, Idaho, and Washington. Awesome. And you do virtual appointments, correct? I do. Yep. Awesome. Um, so you definitely helped us realize our goal, Jennifer, which is to educate and empower individuals to, to take charge of their own health. And sexual health is an overall um, important, just as physical and mental health is, and it'll help uh, keep, keep your whole body healthy. So um, 
thank you for being on. Yeah, I really appreciate it working, working with you. Um, and listeners and viewers, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Thank you for commenting. You don't want to miss out Thursday. We're actually going to have two podcasts Thursday. Speaking of cardiovascular health, in the morning, I'm going to be um, educating or uh, interviewing a cardiologist who actually changed the way he practiced because he noticed that these people that he was doing all this cardiovascular surgery on were not getting any better. And they were coming in again and again for bypasses or for stents. And it's like, so he actually wrote a book about how to stay off his operating table. And he, we're going to be dis discussing cardiovascular health. And it goes hand in hand with what we we're discussing th today, actually. Um, so you don't want to miss out on that. 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, Thursday. And special podcast with John Stockton, 4 p.m. I will be meeting John Stockton in Spokane. We'll be interviewing him in person, and we're going to be talking about medical freedom. So how did an NBA Hall of Famer um, all of a sudden turn into somebody promoting uh, uh, medical freedom? You are going to hear all about his story, and you don't want to miss out on that. So Jennifer, thank you for tuning in today. Listeners and viewers, thank you for tuning in. Um, Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Thank you. 